Hello, and welcome to Theatre World News, the Valentine's edition. Catching up with the latest gossip you don't have to, yeah. I'm your host, Jonathan Blake, and I'm here to bring you the love today. Yeah, the deep love. The deep burning love. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically getting uh, the evils from across the table, so... Yeah, let's, let's get on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to Theatre World News. This is the Valentine's Day edition where, of course, I will be accompanied by my lovely wife, Vanessa. And please do um, take note, the quality will be slightly different. We're using a more ambient mic to capture both of our voices. And I'm really looking forward to having a good natter with someone. And let's just get rolling, because you know what? You can't mess around. You can't mess around with love. Love's a serious thing, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mess around with you. Do you mess around with you? No, of course not. So let's just go. There will be a lot of questions that will be covered around love in musical theatre. And I have plenty of questions that we will discuss, which will be great to talk about and cover on the podcast. So what can I say? Let's get rolling. And now I'd like to introduce my lovely wife, Vanessa. Hello. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. A little, little bit nervous, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was certainly nervous on my first episode. So the first thing I want to do with people who come onto the podcast is I want to get to know them and ask them a few questions relating to musical theatre. So let's just fire the questions away. Uh, what is your uh, theatre experience? So I've done musical theatre since I was six. Um, I grew up in a musical theatre family and it, it, I think it runs in my blood I had no <laughs> chance of avoiding it as my mum has always done shows and musical theatre and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I did my first show on a proper stage at the Civic, Litchfield Civic, Civic Theatre. Uh, when I was six I did Carousel uh, and my mum was in it and my sisters were in it. Is it still there? And uh, No, the Civic was demolished and the Garrick is now there, the Mitchell Garrick okay. is in its place. Yeah. Um, and then I was a child member of Literal Operatic Society until they let me be an adult member when I was 16 and I did various shows with them uh, as and when they needed children including one of the kids in King and I which was <laughs> great fun to wear all the bling for that one. Um, so yeah, that was outside of school, and then in school, I did all the school shows from ages 11 to 18 at high school, uh, mainly because you got out of class uh, some days, because <laughs> <laughs> you got to go do the shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then outside of school, I was part of the Litchfield Garrick Youth Theatre, which became the Litchfield Musical Youth Theatre. Yeah from the ages of 11 to 18 again. Um, mainly, I've been in the chorus of shows. I don't really get that many parts because I'm a little bit shy at auditioning and things. Yeah. Uh, but I've got a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a thing going on at the moment because when I did my first show at school, I got cast as Molly in Annie. And then yeah. when I did my last school show, 
I got cast as Marty in Greece. So no parts <laughs> in between, just start and finish with a bang. And the same thing happened with youth theatre. Um, when I was 11, I got cast as Tallulah in their compilation show, yeah. sang My Name is Tallulah. Big solo for an 11 year old on a proper stage. Oh, def- yeah, definitely. Um, and then in my final show with youth theatre, I got cast as Bet in Oliver. So again, yeah. topping and tailing, which is quite fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I went to uni and did non-musical related things. Um, studied geography and Chinese studies. Exciting. Yeah, a bit different. Um, Do you think that um, affected probably your like your confidences in within the, within the theatre world? Definitely. So while I was at uni, I did no musical theatre. I didn't perform on stage. However, I did join the dance society at uni, which yeah. was quite fun. Learned that ballet was not for me. <laughs> however, <laughs> <laughs> however, I was a big fan of tap and street dance and commercial and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, while I was at uni, I didn't perform. I did help backstage for a number of shows back in Litchfield during my holidays and whatnot. On oh, a backstage back. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, doing stage crewing and stuff, which was fun to at least Bit, you're a bit involved still, aren't you? But yeah, yeah. You're not in it. Um, but yeah, then I, I got back on stage in 2015 after a four-year gap um, with Literal Operatic Society and played Estelle in Full Monty, which was great fun. Yeah, she's a great part. Um, she, she, is. she is fun. What was, what was that experience for you to be on stage again, playing a part like Estelle after so many years of not... It was terrifying. Um, I don't think I've ever felt nerves like that because going back on stage after not being on for four years is scary anyway. However, going on as Estelle, who is this larger than life character, trashy, in your face, wearing the greatest leopard print dress ever. Um, Yeah, it was scary, but it was liberating and it was Mm. great fun and great to be back into the world of theatre. And I I guess that helped kind of bring out the old fire that you had when you were in youth theatre and things like that. Definitely. And all of a sudden I met a whole new group of friends and you suddenly find all the social side again. Yeah. I think that's the big thing you miss when you stop doing theatre. Yeah, it's a, there's a massive social the social circle within the theatre world and a lot of my friends that I make are from theatre as well. And yeah, it, within this pandemic that's happening, it, it's made a massive effect on all of us. And mm-hmm. it, I guess what we need to do soon is to just kind of get people excited to go back because I think people will be a little bit... Oh, I can't wait to get back. Just get back into rehearsals, seeing all those people twice a week and singing with like 30, 40 other people and dancing a big number. And oh, it's just the joy that it brings twice a week at rehearsals is just, I think it's something we're all missing. It's a good thing to work towards as well, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, So, yeah, so since then I've done shows with Litchfield Operatic Society and Sutton. Coldfield Musical Theatre Society um, over the last few years, uh, which is great because I have a boring day job that is not show related in any way. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have that release in the evenings and weekends. And yeah, it's where I met you. Yeah. So Backstage of Hairspray 2016. <laughs> yeah, so theatre means a lot 
to me and to yeah, you. Me too. Mm. Me too. So um, another question I have written down to ask you, of course, is um, what's your favourite musical? Oh, favourite musical. So generally, I'm not great at favourites. I don't like choosing one particular thing. But uh, Waitress has to be up there. It's a really, show. really good show. Really good show. Uh, resonates on a personal level as well. I feel. I okay. feel like um, Jenna would have been me had mm. I not changed my life path. Yeah. When I did. Um, but other faves, one that I can't stop playing at the moment is Come From Away. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Um, yeah, relatively new. Um, I've not had the chance to see it on stage yet, which is killing me, but absolutely love it. And I hear they're going to release a filmed version of it um, this year, I believe, in September. Yeah, I, I did hear of them releasing a filmed version, and I know um, it speaks out to a lot of people because it's linked with 9-11. Mm-hmm. Based on real events, yeah. And so that is going to be hard-hitting, and I can imagine it, it is hard-hitting for a lot of people that, mm-hmm. that do actually... That, that have actually gone to see it. Yeah. Um, I do have a old school favourite musical as well, which yeah. has to be Top Hat. It's just <laughs> incredible to watch and enjoy, and it is the perfect rainy Sunday film to watch. It is a good show. It is a, it is a classic as well, um, with great dancing. Um, you can't, I can't deny that at all. So um, the, the next question I have um, lined up is what's... Um, you did mention that you love Jenna. Is that your? Would that be your favourite role to play in a show? Oh yeah, that would be a privilege to play Jenna at some point. Um, yeah, that'd be the one. If I could pick any show, any part, Jenna from Waitress. <laughs> oh great. Um, but I mean, well, you've done a lot of shows now between from when you were a kid up to up to now. What's the favourite role that you've played to date? Okay. Um, So playing Sandra in All Shook Up with Sutton a few years ago, that was great fun. She was prim and proper and then suddenly became all sexy and... uh, Yeah, she was good fun. She was good fun. Um, And I got a solo to sing, which is a rarity. (laughs) So... (laughs) That was great. That, that's one thing everyone wants, isn't it? They want a solo, or at least exactly. they want a duet. Yeah. But then you, you got the chance to sing Hound Dog, which is a great quartet. Yeah, that great was number. so much fun. Sandra was a great role to play. Um, though I do have fond memories of smaller parts they've done. So um, last year we managed to get to do Spamalot before, yeah. before the world turned upside down. And we were both Knights of Knee. We were. <laughs> which was so much fun. It was a good laugh. Really Every good laugh. night was something different. And yeah, and, and, and those listeners out there, if you got the chance to see Spam a lot, um, each night I sang a different song to kind of throw King Arthur and the, the lights off. And it was just an added kind of bonus that, that we could do on stage within the cast and it was a lot of fun. It was so fun and also seeing you on stilts was hilarious. You, <laughs> you're tall anyway. <laughs> you were a giant. Uh, yeah, that was fun. And then another actual favourite, as I told you, I'm rubbish at favourites, um, was being a hotbox dancer in Guys and Dolls. Yeah. That uh, felt 
so empowering to be with a group of like eight girls or however many there was of us singing and dancing away being our little showgirls it was brills it was so much fun and yeah i came to see you in that you did it was a great show um with uh, Litchfield it was a um, really fun show and it was the first time I actually saw that musical as well oh it's a good one it is a good one yeah so um, moving on obviously we're, we're on the it's Valentine's we're on the subject of love and we've got a few questions that we're going to discuss uh, uh, based around love and musicals now we're going to ask each other certain questions obviously I don't know your answers and you don't know mine no so it, let's just uh, let's see where it, where it goes. Okay. Um, the first one I have written down is what is your favourite love duet in a show? Oh, favourite love duet in a show. Um, you matter to me pops into my head instantly from Waitress. Yeah, it's a lovely song. Uh, one that we like to sing and kill the harmonies we when we've had a few drinks. Smash that harmony. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for the public realm, but in our living room, we're yeah, pretty damn good, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, who knows? There'll be people out there that might like it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a lovely song, and I have it saved in the playlist, so it, it is up there. Um, I would pick Only Us from Dear and Hanson. Ah. Because when I listen to that song, it, it kind of reminds me of us a little bit mm-hmm. because um, we when we met I I had a lot of insecurities and didn't really think high of myself and it kind of relates to what Evan Hansen's like at the time that he um, starts to confess his love and it's just a beautiful melody they both get equal um, song time mm-hmm. and the harmonies are just really lovely as well mm. so that is the song that I I would choose for duet. I have another one as well. Okay. Because, you know, I don't do favourites. Um, <laughs> as Long As You're Mine from Wicked. Oh, that's a great one. You know what? I didn't think of that. Um, it's it's powerful as well. Oh, Alphabet it's, and Fiero and it's a little raw bit, and it A little oh, bit sexy as well. A little bit sexy, yeah. Like, if, if you could picture sex with a witch, it's, <laughs> it's like... It, it and also quite, just... The staging of it, I don't know if everyone's seen it, but obviously get on YouTube and watch it because it's incredible. At the start, they're just on their knees facing each other and it's just so tender, but also passionate. It's just, it's lovely. And the harmonies and stuff. Oh, yeah, I, Yeah, I, I completely believe you. It's, um, it's a great show as well, Wicked. If you don't, if you haven't had the chance to go and see, um, once we are allowed to go out and see shows, do book a ticket on West End. It's it's a favourite that a lot of people that not even big followers of musicals have heard of and I believe that they're, they're in the process of making a film as well aren't they they keep saying this it's little teases every now and then that there's a film coming but I don't know fingers crossed it'd be a good fin- one yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed now the next thing question I have written down is um, a love solo mm. in the show now what what would you say yours your love solo is so um, I put Secret Love from Calamity Jane okay it is full of joy and love and Calamity Jane she doesn't really let her feelings out 
all the way through the show and all of a sudden there's this big song lovely singing oh it's beautiful it makes your heart swell it's it's a good one there are other options on my list which i'll give you of course um so something wonderful from king and i yeah I'm showing at my old school musical you are roots here. Old school yeah. <laughs> it's what I was brought up on, so you know, that's what I do. <laughs> um, Lady Tiang, she just has this endless love for the king. And she lets it all out and she says, yeah. he's not perfect, he's not this, he's not that, but you know what? He's amazing and he needs you and he'll thrive with your love. And she's singing this to another woman that kind of really loves him as well and there's yeah, that whole tough... thing where he's got multiple wives yet Lady Tiang loves the king and it's genuine oh it's genuine yeah. Yeah, yeah it is yeah oh, I mean there's some great choices there I mean I the number I picked is a strange one because he doesn't actually say many other many words in the the song apart from her name of course I picked Maria oh. from um, from my side story the it's just I love the melody and I love that he can say the same name in so many different ways like if I was to go oh, Vanessa I just <laughs> kissed a girl named Vanessa like it's just I, I love that it, it, it's exciting he's like exploding he's never loved anyone else before and it's the only thing that he actually knows about her. Mm. He kissed her. He only knows her name, Maria. And he's created this beautiful scene and melody just from her name. And it was a standout um, song for me that that shows what love can do. There's obviously the downside to love, um, but there's also the exciting, new, fresh side to love, which I feel that he expresses in mm. that song. So I did have some alternate love songs that are kind of love songs and not love songs okay so throw them at me on my own from Les Mis mm. it's a sad song it's unrequited isn't it but it's a love song isn't it you're right it, it, it's there, there are a lot of songs out there that's unrequited and um it, it's very sad it's a sad it's a yeah. but it is but it's it is powerful song, isn't it yeah. and it it's such it's full of visual you can you can see it when she's singing it to you. You can see it and you can feel it. And it oh, it gets you in the feels that one. Oh, yeah. and then also, um, burn from Hamilton. Yeah. So Eliza is pouring out her feelings in that, and on the stage show, she physically burns the letters that they used to send each other when they were in love. And the song starts about their love for each other when they were getting together and they were younger and how how that burned and how amazing it was and whatnot. And then she goes to talk on about his betrayal. But, oh, gosh, that one's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's good how she was able to show different sides of the phrase burning, mm-hmm. how you can have a kind of burning love for someone, mm-hmm. but then she's used the physical pain from her love to burn yeah. The letters. Yeah. Um, it's a powerful scene. It's like in, in uh, Bridgerton, I burn for you. I burn. <laughs> I burn for you. Another shade. We need um, to bring that phrase back. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be a bit. If um, one of the first times that we met, I was like, uh, Vanessa, I, uh, 
I burn for you. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, do you need to go to the doctor's <laughs> and get that checked out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Um, but you've got to love. You've got to love telly. You've got to <laughs> love telly. Um, okay, so the the next question I have on my list is what rom com would you make into a musical? Oh, so my favourite rom-com is 27 Dresses. Of course. It is my go-to when you want a little background noise on the telly, (laughs) or if you're feeling a little bit low and you need your blankie and a cup of tea and a film, 27 Dresses hits the spot every time. And I think, visually, it could be incredible. Because if you think there's 27 bridesmaids dresses in there... yeah. And on stage, they could be weird and wacky, couldn't they? They could be ridiculous, couldn't they? Yeah. Like, in the film, she wears, like, a punk rockery one. And she wears a Vegas wedding little mini dress. <laughs> so imagine that with a bit of glitz and glam that is this musical theatre world. And different types of songs to yeah. match different types of... Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, actually. So I was thinking you'd want the music maybe to be a bit like... It could either go one way or the other, so... Old school, like Singing in the Rain, old school musical theatre. A big band. Yeah. Yeah. A bit like La La Land tried to do and drastically failed, in my opinion. But controversial. Yeah. Um, Or it could be like In Heights, Six kind of vibes, modern. Yeah, refreshed kind of contemporary style. It could work for both, actually. Yeah. and it, I guess it all all depends on the writer. And where where is the film set? Somewhere in America. Somewhere in America. Somewhere in America. <laughs> I don't know. In a city somewhere in America. Standard film. Her dad lives in a small town outside the big city. Mm. But yeah, I think it'd be great. I think you could make um, the lead characters, Jane and Kevin, like really cool. And then her sister, Tess, who steals the love of her life, George, they could be like proper villains and oh, it'd be great fun. It'd be great. <laughs> I mean, what, what did I choose? Um, I chose the film Hitch. Oh, okay. Because um, you know I'm, I'm not really massive on rom-coms. No. You tell me, you, you say, I was like, Let, let's watch a rom-com. And I, uh, okay. Let me down. Okay. Um, but I will pick Hitch because... I believe Hitch is something that kind of caters to those who might not be massively into um, um, rom-coms, but they enjoy a bit of comedy, a bit of a bit of this and that. And if you don't know what Hitch is about, it stars Will Smith, and it's a it's about him being a kind of love guru, um, entrepreneur, like a dating entrepreneur. Um, but he has a complicated past because he was bullied. He grew to be this attractive man that helps. Guys that are quite scared to um, approach women or approach men or whatnot to kind of say, "Hey, I'm interested. Would would you like to go to go for a drink or whatnot?" And he he meets all these different types of people. He meets a, a genuine guy that that loves his boss but doesn't know how to approach her. Turns out that actually the feelings are um, mutual and it all goes well. But when it comes to himself, he falls for someone and all of his techniques that he teaches guys doesn't work for him. That one could be quite fun. And so he ends up um, 
he ends up falling over himself with with things that are meant to go to plan and um he it's really it's really funny and there's you could add in um music when he's trying to dance to impress um, <laughs> his boss and this that and the other and there's just many opportunities for a great script and great comedy as well so that's the what sort of music style would you go i would go for um it would be an updated kind of um probably like an r&b mm. um type so kind of hamilton a little bit a little bit like singy. hamilton but more more singy so you can add in more songs that kind of set, sound like um um what's the what's the song i can't even think what the king sings in hamilton you'll be back you'll be back that's the one um you can add more singy because there's different types of characters that have uh-huh. that will reflect different type of stuff that would be quite fun if if all the music was in that kind of like late 90s early noughties vibe of hip-hop and r&b like proper so will love, smith yeah stuff. i love 90s hip-hop that would be a fun style musical yeah that'd be good um the next thing that i kind of was that I have i have written down here is what is your most believable love story in a musical okay so there's all the big in your face leading role romances but i think the more believable ones normally come from the supporting characters and shows okay so for example wilbur and edna turnblad in oh. hairspray yeah they sing their song timeless to me and it gets you in the feels and Edna's all concerned about her looks and that Wilbur's gonna be led astray by the pretty blonde. And then he's like, nah, you're you're the one for me. We've got this great kid, we're happy together. Like that's I love cool. you the way you are. Yeah. And you, you don't have to change and, Exactly um, for me to love you. Yeah, it's lovely. Their their song timeless to me is is really lovely and a um I mean, it'd be a role that I'd, I'd love to actually play. Which one? Wilbur. Not Edna. Oh, hadn't thought of Edna, actually. Um, <laughs> For those that don't know, Edna is normally played by a man in drag. Yeah. And it, it's a great show. If you haven't seen Hairspray, the next time it comes along, I will let you know so you can go and see it. Um, my choice for a believable love story is Benny and Nina from In The Heights and I think with that story I I feel like I relate to what they're going through they're two friends who have been friends since childhood and they haven't realised that like their their friendship is actually stronger than that Mm -hmm. and it's only once they get a bit older you know hormones start flying around and you he, he realises that actually I, I have feelings for this girl and I'm really happy that, that Nina has come back in into the heights um, and we can we can re-establish this relationship and they have I feel like they have a really good character arc mm. as well like um, in the song When You're Home he's kind of he's, he's showing her that actually when you're around things just seem pleasant yeah. more pleasant and happier and like Maybe I'm not confessing my love for you yet, but I'm saying, look, like, mm. stick around sort of thing. Um, in in Blackout, 
when he loses his job because he realises his dad uh, um, needs to get money to pay for it to go back to school he's hurt mm-hmm. he's, but I think he, he's angry at first because he gets drunk and he, he wants to like um, he says oh it's your fault that I'm, I'm jobless but actually he's really hurt the fact that, that she's going to go she's going to leave again mm-hmm. at, and she's jobless um, but all that angst is then um, expressed in Sunrise when they spend the night together and from then on it's just it, it, their love is just completely blossomed and in the final song when the sun goes down it's that kind of part of love where he he's like oh yeah look we're together and this is all amazing but you have to go back to college mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna have a long distance relationship and it's that is is it like don't forget me when you're there and yeah. all that it, i feel like it expresses the good sides and the yeah. bad sides of and life. as you said it is it is believable it does happen to people doesn't it oh, so, yeah all over yeah um, another one that i thought about that was like a believable romance was tevier and golda in fiddler on the roof so older couple have been together a long time had kids been through a lot and there's the most beautiful song do you love me in it where tevia asks her well but do you love me and she's like what difference does that make like why the hell are you asking me we've been together for years i I wash your clothes i cook for you i've had given you kids and he's like yeah but i want to know do you do you actually love me and um, and she said, yeah, she does. And then the final line of the song, well, the last few lines are, it doesn't change a thing, but even so, after 25 years, it's nice to know. And like, how lovely to think, say, us, we, we got married at Christmas, just got on. If it was in 25 years, we're still together, we still love each other, you do all that everyday stuff, and then you go, actually, I, I kind of want to know, do you, do you do, still do love you, me? Yeah, <laughs> like, do you still love me the way you did when yeah. we first met and and it it is it is a lovely song and it's I love love songs that you can relate to and it feels real mm-hmm. when and it, it kind of hits you in the feels doesn't it when yeah. when when that happens and I, I believe that is all down to um clever writing yeah it, and there another one that popped into my head because you know a couple came into my head yeah um Dawn and Ogie in Waitress. So, uh, Dawn has never had a boyfriend and has never really put herself out there in the world. She's a little bit quirky, but she's fun. And she gets an online dating account and she gets a match straight away and she, she freaks out. She's like, oh my God, I can't do this. And then she has a date with him and she runs out on him after like five minutes of this date because it's a bit overwhelming. And it turns out he's a perfect match for her. He's a bit quirky and weird too. <laughs> he is. And oh, they they get together. She she resists him for a little bit because she's scared. But then they get together and live happily ever after and whatnot. And then I won't spoil what happens. But uh, yeah, that's a good one because I think that's that's real world now, isn't it? Not many people meet. In yeah. the person, do I they? Think like, I think that the, the trouble is when it comes to love as well is a lot of people have um, an ideal of how love should look and they have the perfect kind of boyfriend or girlfriend um, or person in their vision mm-hmm. who they want to be with. 
Um, but actually, that might not be the the right the the right person for you. You you you, you might find that actually the right person for you is just around the corner, and you just haven't looked at them in the right way yet. Mm-hmm. And it's all about connection, isn't it? If you can connect on a personal intellectual level i think that's deeper than just fancying someone yeah well it's the bit that lasts isn't it yeah it is totally totally so um we've spoken about believable love Mm -hmm. stories what love story would have you seen that that you think "Mm, i'm not sure you know i don't believe that's quite true in a show this might be a tough one well you say that but I did come up with a few. When you teased me with this question, I was like, oh yes, here we go, let's release it all now. All the angst, all the uh, gritty bits when you go see shows, you're like, no, no, no. So yeah. Um, (laughs) Go for it. Gonna go start with Sarah Brown and Sky Masterson in Guys and Dolls. Mm. Entertaining, funny story, but it would never happen. She works for the Salvation Army. He is a gambler. Like, <laughs> nah, it wouldn't happen. She would tell him to sling his hook. She wouldn't get on a plane with him and go off to Havana and have one too that's many tr- drinks. Yeah, that's true. It's no, it wouldn't. Ha- I love the show. Absolutely love yeah, the show. Great music. But it is not believable. And also, her song, which goes on about if I were a bell is one of the most annoying songs in the show, in my opinion. (laughs) I know she's meant to be a naive character and whatnot, and she's drunk for the first time and what, but oh gosh, she's annoying. And she wouldn't hit someone in a bar. She just wouldn't do it. Someone who works for the Salvation Army. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not a believable character, but it's a great old school musical still. Yeah, and I think that uh, when it comes to the older musicals, I guess it, it shows its age mm-hmm. because the, the the way of the world has changed now. So he, yeah, I can totally agree yeah. with that. So what's your next one in line? Maria and Tony. West Side Story. See, this is gonna, this is, this is gonna sting quite. This is gonna sting. This is gonna you. sting me because it's one of my favourite musicals. But go it on just then. wouldn't happen. It just they didn't know each other. As you said earlier, all he knew was her name. They're from rivaling families, as it were. Like, nah, I just, I don't think. I think a lot of it. See, I'm, I'm gonna defend it a little bit because naturally, it's my favourite show. Um, it might have been heightened emotions because of the whole race thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, white people in America, 1950s, were told don't hang around Puerto Ricans. Um, Puerto Ricans were told, oh, don't don't hang around white people and obviously back then they they held dances but were segregated yeah and he saw someone that he fancied and i think it's that kind of forbidden fruit if you're told not to do something so much you tend to rebel and i think it was a mixture of rebelling and also finding her attractive was it full-blown love straight away maybe not but I do believe once they started to meet more in secret, it's that kind of, it It was a mixture of lust, forbidden fruit. Mm. Um, I mean, it does get ridiculous once people start killing other people. Yeah. And, but then when you're going to mix in gang culture, it, it's, it, 
there's a chance that all that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like you're not allowed to date my sister um, because you're of a different race, which the idea is ridiculous. But then you add in gang culture and it becomes a bit extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you have? Well, the only one that I could think of really that I think mm, is All Shook Up. Um, I, when Sandra falls in love with Dennis. Yes. It's, it, they meet previously in Dog. They communicate, but there's no, there's not one mm-hmm. inkling that they kind of like each other. And it, it, it could be down to poor writing, but... Well, it's a, it's a jukebox musical based on Shakespeare. Yeah. So, so if the writing's a bit dodge, isn't it? Well, Shakespeare's <laughs> writing's beautiful. It's just when you have to yeah. convert Shakespeare to a musical, it can be quite difficult. And I feel like in, in this show, that there's a lot of marriages that happen. There's a lot of love triangles that happen. And that's all fun. But is it believable? Yeah, I suppose no. it's, it's one coupling that probably could have been left out of the show. It didn't yeah. add much, yeah. did it? I mean, you, be- you believe, um, who is it? Um, the Sergeant Ed and... Um, the lady of the town, the mayor of the town. Yeah. They've been friends for so many years and they've worked together so many years. So you can kind of think, well, maybe they have something. Yeah. And um, Natalie and Chad, yeah. um, they don't actually officially get married, but they drive off together. Yeah. But Also, one of the things with Sandra and Dennis, she never quite know what ages they're meant to be. So, no. like, Dennis is Natalie's friend. So, Natalie's the leading lady. She's meant to be a teenager, isn't she? Mm. Late young, teenager, young. early 20s. And so, you'd think her best friend would be a similar, similar age. age. However, then, Miss Sandra's meant to be the curator of the museum. So, she could be 20s, 30s, 40s, like anything. Could be aged any age. Anything. Really. But then, is it Natalie's dad? Falls also for her. Fall, also falls for her, yeah. So, I know age isn't a barrier and all that, but yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because you never quite know how old everyone's meant to be. And as you said, Sandra and Dennis have seen each other multiple times throughout the show and yeah. you never see anything. Nothing, and it could be down to the writing. It could be down to each performer and how they kind of interpret the writing to make it look so... It, it, there's, there's a kind of hint there at the beginning. Yeah. But... In all the versions that I've seen, it's it's just not there. So mm. then when all of a sudden they they announce their marriage at the end of the show, I'm like, eh? <laughs> Fall in love over a Shakespeare sonnet. <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah, and it, it's all a bit ridiculous. I did have some other ones to put out there, which are potentially controversial. Okay. Mimi and Roger in Rent. Ooh. They are toxic. Like... He is a recovering drug addict who has recovered. He's seen his girl, previous girlfriend die from drugs and whatnot and HIV and all that. Mm. Then he shacks up with a younger girl who's also a drug addict. Like, repeating history sort of sensible thing. choices, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, um, it, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to say that I do um, agree with you to a certain extent because um, their love is based around a lot of angst and needing to to be with someone, yeah. needing to love someone And again. doesn't she cheat on him? With Benny? <laughs> she um, turns up in black leather and lace. It's, it's, his desk was a mess. His back is still sore. 
it's suggestive. It's suggestive. Um, it's never. It's never really said if it actually. Well, Benny says it. <sighs> yeah, uh, and yet Roger takes her back. Yeah, it, it's a, It's di- Oh yeah, I, I, I do actually um, think that there's a lot of back and forth in that show, and a lot of things that kind of question and. We, the one thing that all of us always question is Mimi coming back to life. Oh my gosh, she should have stayed dead. <laughs> she It annoys me. I, I love the show. I love it. I was in it when I was in youth theatre. Like, it's a great show, great watch. But she should be dead. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the reason why um, it was written that way in regards to love within, within Red is because their lifespan is short and that actually that they know their lifespan is short so they're just trying to love yeah. in that short so they jump lifespan. straight in they jump straight um, in jump no dodge straight today exactly yeah jump dodge straight Maybe. into the deep end but she still should be dead she shouldn't come back from this I will, yeah and in the the original um, La Boheme opera she does die Mimi dies. Mimi dies. Oh, fun fact. I have been in La Boheme, the opera. Wow. Yeah, when I was about, oh, I don't know, 11, 12, I was in a theatre, musical, opera singing, groupy thing at the Litchfield Garrick when they relaunched. Nice. And we got the opportunity to play the kids in a touring version of La Boheme. So I learned some Latin and some singing and yeah. Oh. Don't ask me. I can't remember any of them now. <laughs> <laughs> I wore a great dress and skipped across the stage and sang some Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, we've covered a lot. I got one more. I'm sorry. No, go on. Go on. Okay. A bad couple and kind of unbelievable. Mm. Dina and Curtis in Dreamgirls. Yeah, we. I I don't believe it was love. It was. I don't think he. I don't think it was ever love. It was more. Um, Curtis saw Dina as a an opportunity to ex to excel himself. Exploit her. He wanted to exploit her, but he also wanted to make money from her and become richer from her. Um, I believed he did love Effie White, but he yes. loved money more. More. But the bit that annoys me, like Dina and Effie were good friends, like yeah. the best of friends. But kids? Yeah, but kids. And Effie looked out for her because Effie was the older one and kept her safe and whatnot. And so Dina watches her friend Effie get with this guy, be happy for a few years. Then it all goes a bit sour and she leaves and whatnot. But then Dina just falls in love with a guy anyway. Right? Mm, oh, yeah. that's... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. But Dina, um, this is just my guess, Dina was probably a virgin. Probably yeah. someone who hadn't had any boyfriends or any... She does come across as naive She and was young naive and young. And I believe Curtis knew that. I think he manipulated her. Oh, totally. Because um, then I suppose she does... When she finds out the truth... They, she leaves. Well, when she finds Effie her voice, helps her out and not when that. she finds her voice and her strength, the first yeah. thing she does is she packs up and leaves. Yeah. Which also controversial subject. Did you know that in the stage version of Dreamgirls, 
the big number, which I've forgotten the name of. Listen. That's the one. Is sung by Effie White. Yeah. And they changed it for the film for Beyonce. Mm, in the original, the um, they both yeah, it's a sing duet. the song. It's a and duet. it is powerful. Powerful. Because it's about them both realising that what's actually important is that they stick up for each other mm-hmm. and that they are actually friends. And um, like, I love Dreamgirls. I love the film Dreamgirls and the stage show. But I think that's poor that they changed it. Like, But then uh, with rights and stuff like oh. that, they wanted that Beyonce was the biggest star. They needed the a single for Beyonce to release, didn't they? they yeah. Which, you know, Queen Bee, she's great, but... Oh, such a shame. Go and listen to the original version. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and um, once we, the theatres open back up, do go and see on um, West End. It'll be, I think it's on Off West End. But please go go and see Dream Girls. It's a great show. Yeah, so uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's been fun. Thank you. It's been really good. Yeah, yeah I've enjoyed talking to someone and conversing with someone a bit bit of love as well um, <laughs> even I'm, though it's me still after however many months of being at home <laughs> <laughs> i know it has been fun and guys um those listening at home remember to subscribe like the instagram page like the facebook page and join the secret commune it's not really a secret but you can join please join the group there's people waiting to talk to you and guys remember if you want to change the world First, change the person standing in the mirror. I am your host, Jonathan Blake. It's been wonderful talking about this, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye bye, mother. Bye bye.